the Women of Web3 podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ingram. I'm also the founder of Women of Web3. We're a community that's connecting women in the next iteration of the internet. We've got in-person events, Twitter spaces, this podcast, and we have a talent collective that you can apply to be part of. So you can get approached by Web3 employers about potential roles in crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and more. So you'll be excited to hear that today's guest has a slightly different focus within Web3, and that's in mental health in the professional sense, as I'm speaking to qualified psychotherapist Marianne lacoit Grinney. She approached me about being on the podcast and her pitch was hilarious. She basically said she's no A-list celeb like Randy Zuckerberg, but that if I wanted to interview an F-list celeb about all things mental health and the metaverse, she'd love to oblige. So how could I say no? But in all seriousness, Marianne has some really impressive experience in healthcare. She's a family and systemic psychotherapist working in the UK's National Health Service, the NHS. She's a clinical lead for an eating disorder service. She's got several other responsibilities. Plus, she's co-founder of a Web3 project called Misfit Robots. She even met her co-founders on the Meta Angels Discord server. So if you listen to the first ever episode of the Women of Web3 podcast with the co-founder of Meta Angels, we've kind of come full circle. We had a few technical issues on this episode, so I think you'll have to forgive us if the audio quality is less brilliant. But I've been really intrigued to hear what Marianne has to say on these topics. So without further ado, here's Marianne. So do you want to start off by just telling us who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So my name is Marianne Lapointe-Grini. In real life, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a systemic psychotherapist. So that means that I view things in terms of systems, that a person is never the problem. And we are made of lots of different things. So ourselves, our relationships, our jobs, our social lives. And I work for the UK's National Health Service. Alongside that, I am one of the co-founders of a Web3 project called Misfit Robots. Love it. Thank you. Now, before we go into your career and your Web3 projects, I wanted to ask you first to do a little jargon buster with me. So what is Discord for beginners? Discord reminds me of kind of the MySpace, Facebook, AOL chats back in the day. And I define Discord as a kind of community builder behind projects, a place where you can interact with the community of a project. Obviously, Discord's not the be all and end all of that. There are other platforms too. But that's the way that I view Discord. Yeah, no, that's the same here. And I've definitely been a bit overwhelmed by it. So I've ended up turning off notifications for a lot of the different channels and servers that I'm on. But it has still been a great place for connecting with people, I suppose, people in the Web3 space. So before that, I'd love to hear more about your day job because I know you've got a very busy day job or even jobs before you even start your kind of evening work or evening adventures into Web3. Yeah, so you're right. I do have some busy day jobs. Um, So within the NHS, I work for their mental health um, service. I work with, uh, in the child and adolescent strand of their mental health, and I am the clinical lead for an eating disorder service within the NHS. So that does take up a lot of my time. Um, but I do love it. And alongside that, I work in private practice uh, as well with adults, young people, couples, families, all across the board. And I'm also the clinical lead for a startup called Beanbag Health. And eating disorders is is a big kind of area of passion of mine. And it's on the rise internationally at the moment. And we are trying to create what we are creating an appified version of accessible eating disorder treatment. So that's what I'm up to. That's what I'm up to outside of Misfit Robots. 
Wow. So just a few quiet days in the office then. So that must have been quite a big leap to Web3. I can understand there would be a connection with health and mental health, but um, what was the light bulb moment for you? So I think there are two strands to that. I suppose I never really realised that Web3 and mental health could be interlinked, and that's probably due to my naivety. I joined the space in January, um, and it was kind of a, a very fast almost baptism of fire in that I I did some research and within about seven hours of doing some research, I minted my first women-led project. That was Women Rise. And I didn't even realise there were communities behind projects. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't on Twitter, or rather I had a Twitter account that I never used. And then I realised that I needed to have a Twitter account and I needed to be on Discord to have an understanding of anything that was happening. And I quickly realized that, oh my goodness, there are communities here. I could meet people from all over the world with a shared intentionality. And so I got really excited around women in the space and women-led teams. And then I also started to notice that on Twitter spaces, some of them were being entitled, you know, mental health. And I was like, oh, you know, what's that about? And I was seeing some mental health channels in the Discord, although most of those were full with, you know, touch grass, hydrate. And I was probably getting a bit activated by that, thinking, oh, you know, maybe we should do this a bit differently. Um, And I joined a mental health space um, one day. And it kind of was a a real light bulb moment for me because I realized the moment you entitle something mental health, you are inviting vulnerability. You're inviting people to share whatever they would like to share about aspects of their mental health. Um, And somebody joined that space and they shared that they were a patient in a UK mental health hospital. And it's the first time they'd ever shared that with anybody out loud. Um, And it was a really brave and vulnerable thing to do on a space. But the host, and this is no criticism of the host, um, wasn't sure how to reply to that. They they really were not sure how to manage that. And I kind of realised, you know, there's a lot of care that needs to be taken when we're talking about mental health within the space. So... I then hopped into Meta Angels and they had a kind of wishing well at the time where you could make some kind of wishes. And I wished to find some like-minded people who wanted to do mental health in a bit of a different intentional way within the space. And Aaron, who is one of the other co-founders at Misfit Robots, uh, replied saying, hey, you know, we've got a sobriety and recovery-based project that we're just starting up. We'd love to speak to you. We'd love to get you on board. And and that's how this all started. Wow, quite a story. And the Meta Angels Wishing Well is also where Randy Zuckerberg found her co-founder, Debbie Soon. Also, the very first episode of the Women of Web3 podcast was also with the co-founder of Meta Angels. So we've kind of come full circle. So what actually is Misfit Robots and what's been the journey so far? So we've gone, we've gone on a real journey. We started off as a an NFT project, but with a, a firm kind of grounding in, in mental health and recovery. Um, there are five of us as co-founders altogether, and three of those co-founders, so Doug, Aaron, and Dave, have got 70 years of lived experience of sobriety between them. So that was a real passion of theirs. And Seth, who the other co-founder is and the artist, um, he has lived experience of mental health problems. And then When I came on board, we kind of started to do more mental health spaces and think really intentionally about what our Discord was going to look like. And then we got, um, we pitched for the Angel Labs, which is part of Meta Angels. Um, 
So pitched for Angel Labs and we got accepted onto their cohort one. And that was that was the beginning of an amazing journey. What does being on the Angel Labs cohort entail? So we're part of their accelerator, or rather we were part of their accelerator because it's, it's finished now. We've, we've gone through that process. And it was a mentorship process and a learning process. And so we were with a group of other projects. We had a fantastic mentor called Cheryl. Um, and we got to meet people from all over the world in the UK and the US who were mentoring us. And I look at it as kind of an ideas generation hub and it really challenged us to take our project in a very different direction, to be honest. We've pivoted completely really and within our learning in the accelerator, we realised that we might be able to help out other Discord projects with their mental health tabs and think about how they could do it intentionally. And so we created something called the Mental Health Alliance, which is a Discord to Discord um, ping that goes into either an active mental health channel or a standalone non-chat channel with curated content from us at Misfit Robots. So there's myself. We have three other mental health professionals in all different areas of the world. And we're all obviously registered and accredited and licensed and doxxed because that's really important that you know who you're talking to when you're when you're thinking about mental health and that the people that you're talking to are trained and and know what they're doing and, and have to be accountable to a body like a registering body. Um, So we create content and we also have a ticketed system in our Discord, which is confidential for a ticket system for sobriety and a ticket system for mental health. So if anyone's struggling, they can hop in and we can help direct them to an in-real life service, um, whether that be an active crisis helpline or just, you know, a resource that's that's local that they may not know about, because it's quite hard to access therapy sometimes. Um, it, you know, it can be a bit like, you know, you can't see the wood for the trees and you're not really sure where to go. So, but obviously we're not, a, we're not therapy. You can't be therapy in Web3. That, that's not ethical and that's not safe, but we are a safe space and we do do things as ethically and intentionally as we can. And so now we're kind of, We've morphed again, if you like, um, aspects of which I can't completely talk about uh, due to various agreements and documents that have been signed. But we are moving very much away from an NFT project. Um, you know, we really believe that we can't, you can't be a standard NFT project and hold mental health in mind because you can't have a floor for a mental health project, uh, you know, like a floor price for, because then you're automatically impacting people's mental health. So we're very much looking at education, awareness, training, um, and alongside helping projects keep keep their team safe and keep their members safe. And we will always still hold a safe space for anyone to come and be met with kindness and care as well. Yeah, I think that's amazing what you're doing. And even though there is talk of mental health in this Web3 space, but you're right, people aren't professionally trained to deal with this kind of thing. And, you know, lots of people will have lost money, you know, on crypto or in NFTs, quite aside from like actual sort of mental health issues. We are in an area that can create stresses, at least for us, because because crypto is down and, you know, NFTs that we've bought have gone down in value, not necessarily all of them, but probably most of them. And I don't know I'm able to be quite sort of philosophical about it because I was pivoting my career. I feel okay about losses on NFTs because I haven't had to pay to retrain to enter a new industry. So it's kind of like, okay, well, instead of paying to retrain, I've lost some money on NFTs and crypto. Fine. But you know, that's not the case for everybody. And 
there hasn't been much or hasn't been probably enough holding people's hands with these processes and people might have never invested in anything like the stock market. So I, th- I think it's interesting that you're providing this, I guess it's a service and is it like a paid for service or where do things stand at the moment? So we will always be a free service in terms of the bare bones of our, our service will always be free. People will always be able to come. They will always be able to receive support for, for free. There are other arms of our service in a kind of more B2B, so business to business aspect that obviously will will be paid because we want we want to pay our staff at the end of the day. You know, we have everyone, we're all working voluntarily. We're not really bothered about ourselves, but the, the people that work for us, and when I say work, I don't really like that. The people who are part of our team and our community and on the ground and involved, you know, we want to raise them up. And it, it's difficult when you're a pre-mint project and now we're moving toward a potentially a not mint project and if, if we did have an nft one day it would look very different to a standard nft if, if that makes sense but i agree with you i almost think that sometimes the crypto space in fact all times should kind of come with a warning that, that this could impact your mental health and we don't all share the same financial privileges and every single day either through misfit robots or my own twitter dms somebody is in a crisis And that's just what I'm seeing. And I know that other people in the space see that too. And, you know, we we do need to take care of that in a really meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people saying things like, hashtag not financial advice. And I think a lot of the time that's a sort of legal CYA, covering your ass. But um, aside from the legal aspect of it, I think, I don't know, encouraging people to buy certain uh, crypto coins or buy certain NFTs is tricky and yeah, morally grey. So I even felt a little bit conflicted running a podcast where we're talking about certain NFTs because I get people tweeting me or commenting on LinkedIn saying, hey, I bought a an NFT off the back of listening to an episode of your podcast. And in one way, I'm like, oh, brilliant. That's quite exciting that, you know, you're kind of exploring and, but, you know, but it is people's finances and it's a tricky area. Yeah. I think everybody has to sort of go into it thoughtfully. So in, in all of these different pivots of Misfit Robots and, and where things have been taking you guys, is there anything that you're doing that is actually kind of on the blockchain that's kind of, you know, like natively Web3 in that sense? Or is it purely a, a mental health thing that is amongst the Web3 community? So I suppose, again, there's two strands to that. I think both and the the part that's going to be on the blockchain is going to be more subscription-based and in a business-to-business style. So that's what I can kind of say about that at this time. And yeah, the other part of that is that we are thinking about communities with projects. So I suppose we're working kind of indirectly with the blockchain and then we're working with projects that are based on the blockchain at the moment. Um, but yeah, there, there will be part of us. I mean, a few parts of us are on the blockchain already. We um, minted our very first um, NFT, which was a Pride bot for Pride Month. And we had an auction for that. Um, and all of the proceeds from that were donated to charity. So we do we do have some aspects of ourselves that are on the blockchain at the minute. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I was just as interested to know because I've been asked the same thing about women of Web3 of, is this really a sort of truly Web3 community? And actually, in the case of women of Web3, no, not really. It's kind of a Web2 setup, but to help people move across to Web3. And I suppose actually, you're probably purely speaking to people that are working and playing in the Web3 space who are like buying crypto NFTs, who are learning more about this space. 
And I suppose one more thing on the mental health point and Web3 is the learning experience can also be really overwhelming. You know, the sort of the rush of like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I have to learn more. And then the, oh my God, there's so much to know. I'm never going to know all of this. Sometimes also getting bogged down in the technical elements and actually depending on what you're trying to do in Web3, you don't necessarily need the technical part. But it is quite a roller coaster for your brain in that first, whether it's sort of a week or two, or maybe for you, is that condensed into seven hours? No, I, I agree. But I kind of push back sometimes when like, I'm really curious that people think that your podcast isn't kind of web. I get, I get where they're coming from, and I get where they're coming from with us. But you know, that feels kind of almost like they're gatekeeping Web three, and that Web three can only be on the blockchain, whereas actually a huge part of that is the community side. So do you know what I mean? I think I, I probably get a bit feisty sometimes by that thinking, you know, actually, that's your definition of Web3. Whereas we're, maybe we're, we're being a bit controversial, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I agree, to be honest, that um, sometimes when people have asked it, asked that question, it's been more about kind of like, well, are you not a DAO? Like, or almost like, yeah, why are you not a DAO? I'm like, I, I don't know if a DAO is quite right for women of Web3. You know, maybe it will be in future, it's something worth exploring. But um, I, I suppose I've been so keen to get the content out and sort of help people with the learning experience that the idea of trying to also start up and almost scale up a DAO is, is, is too much right now. So for you, what else is it that you're thinking about Web3 and mental health? Is there like a specific area that interests you or excites you as to the potential for it? I think there's a lot of excitement for me around um helping destigmatize mental health and helping people think about it in a different way there's a huge opportunity for that within web3 be it through twitter spaces or or even through discord you know the conversations that i've been able to have with people all across the world you know that normally you'd have to set up a zoom meet or a google meet or teams or whatever platform you're using and do that weeks in advance to get hold of someone, you know, wherever they might be based. Whereas now it's it's just every day and it feels very accessible. I think that that is actually a huge opportunity with, within what we're doing. You know, people talk about, you know, there's lots of stuff that's been going on in the metaverse for a long time with therapy. There's schizophrenia trials, psychosis trials, using really immersive virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, part of the trust that I work for is very, very, very embedded in that. But, you know, I think and maybe one day, you know, we've just started a Web 12 step for sobriety and recovery through Misfit Robots. That feels very exciting. People can turn up and be anonymous and that feels really meaningful. So, you know, where's this going to go? I'm not sure, but it's very exciting. Are you able to tell me a bit more about VR and AR and mental health that you mentioned? Yeah, sure. So obviously I don't work in that side of things with uh, at the moment in terms of adult um, psychosis. I think the trials that they've mainly been doing were with, with psychosis. They've basically done a platform of augmented and virtual reality blended, I believe, where patients have been been put in that setting to have a therapeutic environment that feels less risky potentially than, than you know, leaving the safe space. And it's been used a lot as well in terms of um, people who have a lot of fears or anxiety and panic that you can actually and you can actually do lots of stuff within within a clinical setting, but you can explore limits of what people can tolerate in a meaningful, safe way. Were there any learning resources or tips that you want to share with our listeners today in terms of, you know, what's helped you learn more about Web3 or sort of understand it better or get you excited about the potential? 
So what's helped me learn more about Web3 has been the communities that I've been engaged with, um, in particularly fame ladies. In the very beginning, when I had no idea what I was doing, literally none, didn't know that my wallets could get hacked, didn't know I needed a ledger or a trezor, didn't know a thing. They were fantastic. They are so knowledgeable and that community is still there now. And I would always say to people, in the very beginning, find a community that genuinely cares about you as a person and not your not your bags or your NFTs, but cares about you and wants to get to know you. And that might be a bit more tricky at the moment, but and maybe I'm biased too, but I've definitely found my home in some of the women-led communities and fame ladies is my home. So that's what's really helped me learning from other people, learning from kind of the OGs in the space who've been there a long time. You know, I remember when the OpenSea hack happened or and I didn't know how to revoke permissions and it was 3 a.m. my time and and they were all there for me and they they knew exactly what to do. And it's it's been really, really it's been a huge learning process. And there are some great podcasts out there. This one, for example. Danielle and, and Ashley of fame ladies they've got there on the blockchain podcast. I think that that's really useful for beginners. And Zeneca's got a really great podcast as well. I think it's called Two Board Apes. But I found some of those podcasts to be really useful when I was first starting out. But ask questions. I think people get really scared about asking questions. You Ask people. There are so many knowledgeable people in the space. Back to your gatekeeping point, it kind of feels like this club of people that know all about Web3 and, you know, live and breathe it. And I'm a bit worried that I, I might seem like I'm in this, you know, mysterious made up club that, you know, everyone knows what they're talking about and anyone outside of it is <laughs> knows nothing. But you're right. It's it's really important to ask these questions because everyone's kind of sitting there separately thinking, oh, my God, what does that mean? And I, am I supposed to know what that is? <laughs> you're exactly right. And it's it's really, really true. Lastly, where can people find you, Marianne? Where they find me? So they can find me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as Firebrand35. I'm pretty active on there. My DMs are always open. And you'll also find me always in Misfit Robots Discord. And we're on Twitter as Misfit Robots. That's our handle. And there's a link from my profile to that on Twitter too. So yeah, that's mainly where you'll find me, um, you know, in the metaverse, so to speak. been the women of web 3 podcast brought to you by women of web 3 if you enjoyed today's show please give us a rating on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts so more people can find the show you can keep up to date with amazing jobs opportunities learning resources and connect with other women by following at women of web 3 co on twitter instagram or linkedin that's at women of web 3 co feel free to tweet us with any questions about the show and thank you for listening 